Welcome to the Midlife CEO Podcast, where business coach and strategist Jeannie Spiro teaches you how to take your coaching business to six figures and beyond at Midlife. Join Jeannie and her guests as they reveal their best kept secrets to creating a thriving six or seven figure lifestyle based business. And now, Jeannie Spiro. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Midlife CEO. Today, I have another amazing and special guest. Donna Cravata is someone who I think I've known now for at least 10 years, somewhere in that range. And in the online business world, in the coaching space, in the business space, you know, like 10 years is more like 20, 30, because of what we all go through together. And Donna and I have had some amazing chapters together already, and I couldn't wait to have her on the show. So let me do a brief introduction. Donna Cravata is the CEO and founder of Cravata Media Group and the creator of the mixed tape brand story, video reels, the Be Visible Club, at learning and exploration community and the real 50 over 50 a visibility project featuring 50 plus women who are quietly making a difference. Donna, I am so excited for this interview and what we're going to talk about today. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And we could go into all the sordid details of the past, or we could just skip to the future and just talk about all the amazing things that are going to happen. Let's Um, skip to the future. And if we have to dip into the past a little bit, we will. How's that? (laughs) That sounds so good. Well, when I first met you, I just want to say this. When I first met you, you did have your, your business was a little bit different than it is today. And you have been on a journey over the last few years in particular. And very recently, um, I was so excited to hear what you've been doing with 50 over 50. And it's so in line with, with what we talk about here on the Midlife CEO that I knew this was going to be great to talk about today and also visibility, storytelling, and we have so much to cover in this episode. So I would love to know what's happened to you to get you to this new space of growth in your business. Like, why are you, what are you so excited about right now? Maybe we can start with that. So a little over a year ago, I realized everything that I was doing made me incredibly unhappy. Mm-hmm. And I had just finished up with two really big clients and it, it, it wasn't a, you know, it wasn't a satisfying ending. And I had three new clients that were amazing coming, ready to come on board with like big fat checks in hand, you know, <laughs> they were ready. They were signed up. And I'm sitting there like looking at what I had to do to like offboard the old clients, onboard the new clients. And every bit of me was just screaming, I don't want to do any of this. Mm. So I just stopped. I told the new clients I couldn't, I couldn't bring them on. I finished up as quickly as I could with the old ones. And I was like, okay, now what? And I said, okay, I'm going to just do one thing at a time. I'm going to dismantle my business. And I took down 14 pages from my website, which was like, you know, a big giant punch in the stomach of what did I do for the last, like, I don't know, 40 years. 
<laughs> does, does it matter? Um, but I realized like I had to put ego aside and I had to start over. Otherwise I was going to just keep doing things that made me unhappy. And I'm in a stage of my life where my, you know, my, I'm in an empty nest. My son is off in college and, um, you know, for the first time in my life, I don't need to tend to others and there's more space for what I want. And I realized I didn't want to fill that space with being unhappy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and- I'm, I love that. Like that number one is you got, you, you made a claim right then and there. I don't want to go forward being unhappy. So keep going and tell me more what happened after that. So I just started doing, um, I realized one of the things that I loved doing was just creating things in Canva. So I, for one of the clients that I was wrapping up with, I created six of these videos for her about her talks that she didn't have really fleshed out. So I was like, okay, now I need to create all this content around these talks that she didn't really have fleshed out. So I decided to make these videos for her in Canva and they were just basically, you know, images and music and her talking over it. And, and that was it, but I had to have something to put on the web pages. <laughs> And um, a friend of mine saw it and she said, if I had that on my website, it would change my business. Mm. So I was like, okay, well, let's try doing that. So I started doing it and I called them mixtapes because I had originally, I was calling them uh, book reels and speaker reels, but everyone who wanted a speaker reel didn't have what they needed for a speaker reel. <laughs> so I was like, well, what if we make it like a little brand story and we call it a mixtape? Because a mixtape, you either, like if somebody made you a mixtape, you know, they put love into it. And yeah. I put oh, yeah. videos, all right? If if people are younger than the mixtape age, <laughs> um, they're jealous because a Spotify playlist is just not the same as a mixtape. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. <laughs> so I was doing that for a while and it's fun and it's great. And people either loved it or disappeared and didn't even finish their work, but it was not enough to make a living, you know? And, um, and then you inspired something. I came to visit you in Rhode Island one of my favorite places on the planet. And um, you were like, well, my, my, my clients need to know how to pitch. And like, you know, and, and, you know, people don't pitch me on the podcast correctly. So I started to build this pitching guide for you. And that turned into, um, it, it was originally going to be a DIY thing. And the, you know, 10 page pitching guide was suddenly like 50 pages long. And I was like, well, people are just not going to do this alone. They're going to need help. And then I was like, I'm going to build this into a cohort and in like six weeks, take people through the process and just run it over and over again. And then that was to the end of like, I was ready to launch at the beginning of December and then ChatGPT came out and I was like, well, now this has to be something totally different. So um, it evolved into an ongoing membership site that I just launched called bevisible.club. And it's all about being visible and um, reclaiming your story, connecting to the gaps, understanding your audience, knowing how to speak to them, knowing what they need, prepare, like creating your content and your speaking and your topics based on what your audience needs versus you know, what you just feel like making. <laughs> and, and, and honestly, it's often the same thing, but, um, you know, just taking people through that process and then rolling in like this all created this, this thing called tried anew. Mm-hmm. Yep. And originally it was like, where we take what we already have 
and bring in these new tools and we take the tried and true step strategies that aren't going to change or some content that you wrote five years ago that's great but it needs like new life infused into it and then you you know connect it with these new tools like chat gpt and generative generative ai and um you know we use these tools for our benefit and um it morphed into something else as this was building because then I realized I was tried and new. What I was doing was tried and new. Everything that I was creating was tried and new. The way I solved problems since the time I was five years old was tried and new. And I was like, what is this thing? <laughs> and um, it's all really coming together as like, this is my life's work. This is everything. This is how I, this is how I think, how I process, how I create. And um, it's the part I always left out. Oh, it's so beautiful and also inspirational because you know I think over the last couple of years a lot of us have gotten to a point where we're like is this really what I want to be doing anymore uh or we were talking about it offline before we even st started to hit the record button here which was you know um do we burn all the ships and leave everything behind and what you said tried it's like, yes, we've tried all these different things. And there's also a new spin on how we're approaching business, visibility, marketing. I mean, talk about just the tools you were just discussing, ChatGBT, right, for example. Okay, so how do we use that in marketing now as the business owner? And how do we still become more visible when we're pitching for ourselves when we have that opportunity to do it because I know your history years and years 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 back you know like agencies did most of the pitching right um now we can and we have been able to pitch for I've ourselves I've been teaching people how to do this since 2010 yes exactly and it's morphed now and yeah. right which is part of what you're talking about here with visibility it's like don't you empower clients to be able to become visible mm -hmm. and be able to pitch for themselves and learn how not only what they have to say right mm -hmm. but what supports them right that's really what bevisible.club is is about too right well I you know what I've you know as I'm kind of like going deeper into this with this first round of people that are in it what I'm realizing it's teaching people or maybe teaching is the wrong word it's it's guiding it's guiding people to become like more um connected to their own internal visibility so they feel comfortable sharing the things that they might not have been comfortable sharing or might have felt like nobody's going to care about this this is irrelevant well they just totally forgot about you know <laughs> Yes. But when you connect the pieces, what what I've what I've seen through this, I mean, and I have been doing this work for years. I just never, it was never the priority of the work that I did. The priority was through the tactics and the how and the getting it built and the using the tools and the getting it done. But when I stopped doing everything else and just focused on the story, what I realized is I help people gather their stories. Mm -hmm. What happens is after you've been working for a while and you've done different things and whether it's your own business or, you know, you're working in a, in a company, it doesn't really matter because you're just gathering these, these snippets of experience, these snippets of life. Um, 
and things drop off and they drop off for various reasons. And often they drop off because you are feeling this disconnect within yourself. Yeah. So when you have this disconnect within yourself, you have a disconnect in your story. When you have a disconnect with your story, you have a disconnect in your communication. When you have a disconnect with your communication, the people on the other side feel that and they don't trust you. Absolutely. So when you can heal that and pull it all together, that's when you build the relationships that are right. And it starts with building that relationship with your own story. Well, and it's uh, like, we have how many stories, like many, many stories and many things that can be shared. And sometimes like, sometimes I'm like, oh, I think I have amnesia. I forgot that even happened, but it's like, how does that relate, relate to someone? Or how does that, how do I, like creating your stories and story, a book of stories that are um, that reveal more about you or that connect you to your audience or that are interesting. You know, I think what, what I'd love to talk a little bit more about is sometimes when we're becoming storytellers, and I think that this is an important part of owning our own brand and becoming a better marketer, it's like, but which stories are important to talk about, right? And I'm I'm sure I'm not the only one that's ever asked that question. Is anyone care going to care about this story? Um, does it even matter anymore? What so are some of the questions that you get? It, about this that? is one of the things that kind of came up because you know this is all I'm taking myself through this tried a new process as I'm teaching people what it is. So it's all very fresh and organic, and it's happening in real time. So as I'm creating content and putting things together and kind of thinking outside of the box for this, this course that I'm creating, um, one of the things came back and I've shared the story of my hand model many, many times. She was oh, yeah. my first client that actually had me bring together social media and PR and SEO and content development. And one of the things that we did was we had a document that we called hand quips. And it was a 20 page long document of snippets of stories. Mm -hmm. So they were just little pieces. We went through all her videos. We went through all kinds of things that she did over the years. And she was on all these TV shows and, you know, she's been around forever doing this. And we just created this document and what we would do, anything we would write, anything we would do, we would go through the hand quips and we would just pull little snippets. And then I was thinking about that I was as I was creating things. And this is something that I've done for clients for years, but I never thought about it. It was like, okay, we need to create content. Let's do this. And, and I would do this for people. I wouldn't have them do it. So this yeah. was also a disconnect in my story because I need to teach people how to do this piece of it because it's so important. And um, this is where they get that reconnection with their own story. So what happened was a, a client that I did a video for reached out to me and she said, can you just look at my social? I'm just feeling like I'm not getting across as, as I, I, I intend to. So I didn't even have to look at her social. I just said, you're too stiff. You need to look <laughs> and just, you know, you, you know, you're brilliant. You're really good at what you do and people, you know, you, you, but you're too stiff because you're, you're, you're not feeling comfortable with something. And what the thing was, is she was sharing her entire story and it was too big and it was too traumatic for somebody that didn't know her for that first engagement to be this big, like milestone, my whole entire life story, it was too much. And she didn't feel comfortable sharing that much because she wasn't sure who she was sharing it with. Mm -hmm. And the people on the other side, they felt that discomfort and they didn't feel comfortable listening to it because they didn't feel like they knew her well enough to know that much about her. So mm -hmm. I said, 
what I did was I just, I, I, I led her by example. And I just said, you know what I did last weekend? I went to um, Brooklyn where I grew up and met up with two of my first friends that we've been friends since we were four years old. And we went to the neighborhood where we grew up and we went to go see, are you there God? It's me, Margaret together. Cause that book came out when we were nine and we mm -hmm. read that book over and over and over again. And we went back to the building where we lived and we went back to, you know, all the haunts. Um, and all I shared with her though, was that we went, we went back to where we grew up and we watched that movie. And she went on for about three paragraphs about what that movie went to her, meant to her. And then I walked away. I let it simmer a little bit. <laughs> and then I came back and I responded and I said, I just actioned for you what you need to do. Yes, yes, yes. And I, I love that example. I really love this because I think that not a day goes by where something doesn't happen that is a story worthy, like, or it is a story that's happened, right? It's like, oh, write that down, write these notes yeah. down. These are so good. Yeah, um, but, but if you're sharing something, like if you're sharing things with a potential audience that you, you don't know, mm -hmm. don't overshare. That's exactly, yes, overshare. It just needs to be yeah. that little bit to connect to them, you know, because what, what I mean, it's already incredibly noisy online, but it's yeah. only going to get worse with AI because people can create, you know, two years worth of content in an hour and a half, you know, and what is that content going to be? It's going to be garbage. <laughs> to, you know, it's not, it's just going to be more noise to get through. And the way to get through that noise is to be more you, to be that thing that AI can't create, you know? And, and you, you need to be able to grab people with that, that little hook, that little story, that little thing that hits them in the heart. And it's like, oh, right. I feel like you feel something and that's going to be the thing that makes the difference. And, yes. and we all have this. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I, um, so I don't know if I've shared this, but I recently uh, wrote a, my story as part of a uh, collaborative book and uh, an anthology with 22 other women. And I went to the retreat. Um, it was it was hosted by Kim Fuller and Bryna Haynes. Is, um, her company is the publisher. She's the publisher and it's called Born to Rise. And so I was at this retreat and I had completely forgotten that I had even written my story and contributed it because for two days, I sat and listened to all the other authors sharing their stories. Donna, I cried for two straight days. These stories were beautiful and remarkable, and I just was so impacted by it. Now, I know that they were chapters, right? Like they were long, but hearing that or even a snippet of it, which I'm seeing sprinkled up online, it's kind of like, oh, yes. I'd like to get to know that person more. So I think this is an example of, okay, great. Now um, you can read a full chapter or you can hear a little bit of these stories, like little snippets of this story to get to know more of that story and that person and they become even more relatable. And if we, we, we kind of cross over into the marketing world on this, it's like we talk about long form content and we talk about, shorter content, right? And what content is needed when it comes to storytelling. And it is a true art form, which I know you know really, really well. So where do we start when it comes to thinking about 
our storytelling and and visibility. And because uh, everyone that's listening is trying to carve out a space for and place for themselves online. If we're not going to overshare, right, and tell a whole story over the course of like a, you know, a chapter in a book, what's one thing that we start with? Um, well, can I answer this in two stages? <laughs> or as many as you like, please. Okay. So one is like, you know, do your, you know, your big stories on your blog or on a, you know, a, you know, a audible podcast or, or, or in a video or something where, you know, you're not putting it way out in somebody's face, you know, but it's there. And if somebody wants to learn more, it's up to them. I mean, this is also like a, like a, a comfort and a safety thing too, you know, because you don't want to, you, you know, you just don't know what's going to like set something off in somebody. If you're sharing something that's a traumatic story, that could be potentially dangerous for someone to see and to share. And you want them to kind of go get that, you know, of their own volition, that they're making a choice of, oh, I want to know more. And yes, I know that there could be something here that might be uncomfortable or triggering to me in some way, but they're making the choice if they want to go there and they want to learn more. Mm -hmm. So, you know, keep those longer stories for some place where people can find them, but you lead them there through those little snippets of story. So that could be on social media. That could be something you mention on a podcast. That could be something that you mention, you know, wherever. I mean, there's so many ways to communicate Absolutely. these days, but use those as almost like little doorways to get to this bigger story. But the person gets to choose what doorway they want to walk through. Yeah, and I also think I also think that that is going to be something that is going to make you stand out as well because everybody is going to be sharing too much information and it's just going to be garbage. Most of it is going to be garbage, loud, noisy, this sea of mess. And you want to find the ways that you don't get sucked into that, that you can kind of skirt around it, both when you're being the person that creates the content and when you're the person that consumes the content because mm -hmm. you want to learn how to navigate your way around that. And the way to do that is through listening, mm -hmm. right? So listen, where do I want to be? Um, using commenting as a strategy. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to create all this content. Just go figure out who you want to connect with and say hi, <laughs> yeah. share their information. And, you know, that's a valid way to be visible online and be visible to the people that you want to connect with. Seth Godin has a blog post called Almost No One. Mm. And it's about, um, you know, recognizing what you really need to get to meet the goals in your business. And, you know, I'm going to go out on an assumption here that most of the people that would be listening to this need 20 or 30, maybe, you know, at most 100 clients a year for their business. How many people do you need to meet to right. achieve that, you right. know? So right. build your business, build your marketing according to what your end goal is, um, because we get sucked into these big, you know, marketing spectacular dreams that most of us don't need and we can't afford. And they leave out the part where that launch cost them several six figures to, <laughs> to launch. Um, but now going back to your original question, how do you do this? How do you find these stories? How do you craft these stories? What I tell clients to do is to start by looking back at their content. If you published a book, look at what didn't make it into the book. Mm -hmm. If you've written blog posts for five years, go back and read some of those blog posts. 
Uh, look at your social media. Look at what, what people have engaged with. Think about the conversations you've had with people. When I talk to people, one of the things that I do is I make a little square in the bottom right corner of whatever I'm writing on. And in that square, I write the words that I see have an impact on people, whether they said them or I said them, because those are your keywords. Yeah. Fabulous. I love this. This Those is a really like I want everybody to like re-listen to this a thousand times because you're giving such insight into how to approach a, like how to approach this in a in a way that uh, I don't know how to say it other than you know we overthink marketing so much and you hit upon this just a couple of minutes ago a long time ago I realized I was not a product creator and I didn't need to bring in thousands and thousands of leads. So my marketing strategy meant I was, I'm a brand, I'm a personal brand and I'm connecting with people. And so I knew that a long time ago. So how did I want to show up in all the places that I'm marketing? And I think that's exactly what you're talking about here is how are you going to show up? How are you going to be visible? What, uh, what is the content that you're going to share? what does connect to other people that is unique yeah. and i i think that this is this is an opportunity for us um enormous opportunity massive so we can really do well so in be visible this is where you help people land a lot of this right yeah. So what I've done is I pretty much took that pitching guide and things from the course I had 10 years ago, and I turned that into a course called Tried and New. Yep. And that's the coursework. That's where you learn. I found an app that does interactive workbooks. So it's not a, it's not a PDF. It's something that I can edit and, you know, it edits all the workbooks real time and um, people can type their work right into that. So I have this all built into a membership site called Heartbeat. And then what I've done too, is I'm calling it um, AI with training wheels. In the content of Tried and New, I've, I found another app that you can create your own chat GPT apps. So, you know, if you need to do any kind of research or repurposing or anything like that around the content, I put the prompts in there and you just need to put your variables in and you get, you know, your specific information. And then the other side of it is the community side where we meet and twice a month we meet live, but there's so many ways to interact in the membership group. We're building um, ways where you can work together. We're building, you know, idea sessions, brainstorming, all of these things. And I'm also building out an entire library because I've been playing with, with AI for a couple of months now. So I have thousands of prompts. And one of the things that I learned is that it's not the techie people that are really good at prompting because prompting is how you get the right answers out of AI. Um, it's the people that are writers that are in PR that know how to ask questions. So I'm treating it all like an interview. Awesome. Everything I do is treated like an interview. And it's not about, you know, write me this or write me that. It's more like, you know, doing the things that you, I'm, I'm using AI tools to make it easier to do the things that we don't like to do in our businesses that need to be done. Nice. So I need a marketing plan. Help me build a marketing plan. 
chat GPT is great at that, mm -hmm. but you need to fill in what's in that marketing. Yeah, absolutely. And you have to think you. about what is it yeah. that you're selling in exactly. your business? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So it's not going to replace you. It's not going to be you. Um, what I've been saying, it's, it's a marginally trustworthy assistant. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You have to review everything well, that it does. To all of this. We're going to put the links to this below because I want everybody to come on over and spend time with you. I mean, I, I when I originally started, I, I, we met at an event, I think it was actually maybe around 2013, um, was the first time that we had met or somewhere in that range or 2012 maybe even but i remember when we first met and what you were doing at that time and obviously you've taken what you knew and have known and the experience that you've had and what you've tried and now it's what's working now and you've blended it together and you're meeting it where people are and where they need to keep going to grow so i think it's really brilliant on them and thrilled that you're doing this. So. Yeah, it's it's fun. And like, we're just getting started. I just, you know, welcomed everybody in last week for the, you know, the first group of people, but it's, it's just going to be ongoing because, you know, this is going to change. This is going to morph every day. I'm not creating zillions of volumes of content in there because most of it is going to be about coming together and exploring. I'm calling it a learning and exploratory community because it's where we can come and I'm creating a safe space. After we did the first call, um, somebody that was in on the call emailed me and introduced me to somebody that might want to join. And she goes, can you send her the recording of the call? And I'm like, you just listened to me talk for an hour about how this was a safe place. I'm not sharing that call because this is only for people in the community. So I, you know, I responded, I was like, no, that's, you know, proprietary for the community. And, you know, the videos on my webpage, go look at those and you can get a good idea of what it is. But um, it's going to change. It's, you know, it's it's going to be in a constant state of change because we are in a constant state of change. And what I realized recently too, as I'm working more with other people, because it all looks like one way on paper when it's a plan. And then when you start to interact both with the technology and with the people, um, you know, it takes on a different form. So one of the things that became clear to me in the last week is that um, everybody's in some form of, of transition. Yeah. And this is such a, an important, this tried a new piece is kind of like your balance system as you're, as you're transforming into this next version of who you are. And, you know, one of the things I always talked about in my work was barometers and like how you measure, but it was always around the like, oh, an opportunity comes up. Do I stick with the plan or do I go with the new opportunity? But what it really is, is like, I'm changing. And this barometer is like, what comes with me? Yes. Yes, absolutely. So great. Yeah. Okay, there's going to be a lot of more details below in the link, um, in the links, but I want to pivot over for a moment because we haven't even talked about 50 over 50 yet. Okay. And I want to talk about that because okay. we're on the Midlife CEO podcast today. Yeah. And so talk about that. What okay. is the 50 over 50? What are you doing over there? I woke up on February 17th. 2023, I'll put the year in because who knows, somebody could listen to this five years from now um, with an idea. 
I was listening to the news and I was listening to um, Mika Brzezinski talk about the 50 over 50. And she's mentioning all these names. And even if I didn't know who they were, they were like titans of industry, you know? <laughs> and I said, you know, screw that. It was like, I, I could probably sit down and write down the names of 50 people that I personally know that are women over 50 that are doing really incredible things and nobody knows about them. It took me 15 minutes to make that list. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay. And then I call my friend, Jen, who um, she used to do uh, PR for um, NBC and for Bravo and Nick at Night. So, you know, like she's like really into the whole, she's like my pop culture queen. So I was like, let me run this by you. Is this a good idea? She goes, oh my God, it's a great idea. So I was like, okay, if you say it's a great idea, I'm doing it. So I just started reaching out to people and saying, what do you think about this? And Within two months, I had more than 50 people like on the website. I, I have over 100 people that said yes, but currently today we have 52 people up on the website. Um, I've done, I think, 10 interviews already, and I have weekly interviews booked all the way into the middle of January. Um, I've got two panels that are, are in formation. I'm going to invite everybody in to... Um, into the, um, I'm going to create a separate community in my heartbeat membership platform just for the 50 over 50 women. And um, this way we could start building relationships and really get to know each other. But um, it's incredible. I mean, we're all doing amazing things. And like there was one day where this all hit me because I'm creating all of this in a short period of time. I basically reinvented my life, my business, my brain, everything. And um, it just hit me like, what the heck is wrong with me? Like, why can't I just stick with a thing? <laughs> why am I reinventing myself again? <laughs> and later that day, I spoke to somebody that had joined um, the Real 50 Over 50 and she was doing the same thing and she was 75. And mm. so excited about it. And I was like, you know what? If she's excited about her reinvention, I'm excited about my reinvention. Yes, that's exactly, you know, I think that this also says, you know, what's possible for all of us. Totally, totally. Right? And it gives us a, a space, a place. Um, I remember reading, I can't remember who was it that it, it's been sort of the talk um, in kind of like the celebrity areas, but you know, you turn 50 and you become invisible in Hollywood, right? Yes, yes. And it was like, oh, wait a minute, are we becoming invisible in business too? And, you know, are we as flashy? Are we like, how are we standing out online? And we're all doing pretty incredible things. So I love that you created a space and place. And, um, and what I also really love about it, it's like, I'm really curious to see who these other people are that I don't know that you are don't, you have no idea. You have no idea. Cause you, what happened was I was launching everything at once, building everything at once. So I said, okay, let me get the real 50 over 50 up because that was relatively easy to do. Um, and I did that. And then I moved back to be visible and I got that, you know, another, I need another week or two to really have that coming along. And then I'm going to swing back to the 50 over 50. But um, what I'm going to be doing is bringing everybody into that membership group. I have been, you know, I'm one that's like, I'll move all the pieces and I'll figure out and I'll, I want to know everything that's going on, but I'm trying to stand back with that and not 
not like, you know, try to run the whole thing because I want to see what happens. I want to see what happens when you meet these five women, you know? And the other thing that I'm going to do is I'm using it to rebuild my media Mm -hmm. uh, relationships because I haven't done like active PR for a long time. So I lost my media relationships. So I'm using that to build my media relationships. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to put together a media kit. I'm going to start pitching and everything I get invited to do. Oh, can I bring five people with me? <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to be like Insta panel wherever we go. <laughs> That's so fun. Oh my gosh. And I then love this. And see what happens. And one of the panels that I'm working on is my um, my brother's wife's uh, father's ex girlfriend. Is okay, I'll, I'll have to re-listen. Okay. Old time PR person from Chicago, and she lost her corporate job a couple of years ago. And she said, "I'm just going to do what I love. I love representing black women artists in middle age." And, you know, in mid the middle of their lives. And that's what she does. She, she created a nonprofit. So they have a big event. And the month before their event, we're going to have a panel that features her artists. Mm, that's so great. Love this. This is incredible. Donna, I think what I'm really getting from this whole opportunity to talk to you today is that, first of all, I always love our time together. But second is that I hope that people really who's who are listening is they get to hear what's possible for them that you know earlier in the conversation you talked about dismantling your business and then doing it from a new place you're doing it from a space probably energetically that's very different than maybe where you were operating before do what do you feel about your energy now with these ideas and where you're going can you talk about your your feelings about the direction of where you're going. When I, when I start, like, you know, I started my business in 2006 and I, I started as a virtual assistant because I left my corporate job and a single parent, I had a difficult co-parenting situation and I just really needed to be home and I needed to find a way to make a living that um, kept me close to home. And in you know, 2006, virtual wasn't really an option, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, virtual assistant was a thing that I found. And I was like, I can do that, you know? And I started a business, but I was never really a virtual assistant. <laughs> mm -hmm. I was always like, well, what's broken there? Let me find something to fix. <laughs> and, um, and then social media came out. And around 2009, I fell head over heels in love with social media. Mm -hmm. And I built my whole business around social media. And then I fell out of love with it mm -hmm. and I didn't like what I was doing anymore. And even when I was doing, you know, the, so the business that I loved, there was a lot of convincing of people of, you know, you need to do this. And I, that was never, you know, I, I was coming from the wrong direction because there were two parts of the work. One part of the work was like the technical aspect, the, the creating of the content and the tools to use and where to put it and how to break it up and what, Google is looking for and all of those things. And everybody just got glassy eyed. You're, you're doing it right now. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh boy. About it. But I, I yeah, but it, it was heavy. And I mean, even like I worked with a branding person and she was like, oh yeah, well you're excavating. And she gave me all these images of like construction equipment and it just felt hard. But where I'm coming from now, it's personal. And everybody can do this because it's 
digging into your own story and telling your own story in a way that nobody else can do. You can't outsource this because it's yours, you know? I used to talk about you can't outsource this because, you know, if somebody found you know, uh, like you, you could have gone to high school. This is one of the examples I used to give about, you know, why it was important to listen on Hootsuite. Okay. You have to go in there and listen to what people are saying, because that person that is, that is saying something could be sitting on the top of, you know, this whole audience you need to meet. And it could have been somebody that you went to high school with. Nobody would know that, but you, but that sounds like a really far out there, like, like is that's never you know it's not believable right but what i'm saying now what i'm saying is like what if you looked at that blog post that you wrote five years ago and you saw what mattered to you then and how can you update that to match what matters to you now yeah I, so i got try the new <laughs> i got out of the the technical aspect of it it's definitely a part of it but the focus is really like what matters to you and what matters to the people that you want to connect with and understanding both of those things. That's where the connection happens. And then you build everything around the connection as opposed to building it around the tool. It's empowering. I, you know, I, I, there's two things that come up and I want to talk about the social media part for a second um, and how, um, you know, and, and pivoting to have this be your focus, right? It's like, I relate it to when I was really looking at my business and I thought I'm going to use speaking as a strategy, right? Like a, that's a, I want everybody to know that that's something they can, they can use in their business. And then I got it super drilled down into teaching people how to use events as a way to sell their programs and services. So I got it really, really, really dialed in and specialized to that. And then we had the pandemic and it was like, hold on a second, <laughs> events went away. But what I was able to do was go back up into, hold on a second, what are we really trying to do? What am I really wanting make, to make sure people know how to do? I want mm -hmm. people to have something that they can sell that they really love selling, that's their signature thing, and that they're empowered around selling. That doesn't go away. When you know how to do that, that does not go, to, go away. In your business, when you teach people how to come up with their, their stories, finding the stories, how to connect, how to relate. That's a skill as opposed to relying on the tools, which I think is exactly what we're talking about here. We're not going to rely on the tools. We're going to empower someone. So uh, we're right in sync on this in two different ways. And I love that you're empowering them around their marketing in this and their visibility. Um, because when you know how to do it, you can do more of it. And yeah. that's yeah. important. And, and a lot of what I'm going to be talking about too is ways other than social media. Yes. Yes. Because I mean, look what happened to Twitter. I won't go on Twitter. Twitter was my favorite platform. I won't go on it. Yeah. I won't go there. Either. And, and um, you know, it's somebody, it's building your house on somebody else's property. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and there are other options. Yeah. So yeah. You know, there are other options and there are other ways to connect. And, um, you know, I'm really excited about where it's going. You know, at first, I, you know, I fell out of love with social media and it was, it was like, it was like a relationship ending because my whole business was built on that. Everything I did was built on that. And I was like, I don't, 
I didn't even do my own social media because I just didn't want to. I was just, what am I going to do? Go on there and say, I hate social media. <laughs> That's not helping anybody. <laughs> no, 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 definitely not. But this is what I'm saying for you. And, and that for everybody who's listening, it's like, when you understand how to use, how to um, position yourself, how to uh, become visible, how to stand in your own brand, really, right? It's like, okay, how can I connect with other people and speak to what I'm doing? How can I share stories? How can I create my content? So it's my unique content. Well, Where not only, that, not only that, that it's your unique content, but your content is out there building relationships for you when you're doing something else. So this way, by the time somebody actually meets you, they feel like they know you. There's trust built. There's credibility there. You know, there's a, there's a relationship, even though you've never met this person. And that changes the sales cycle because there is no sales cycle. No. It's the next step. It's how can I work with you or how yeah, yeah. what you're putting down because yes. <laughs> yes. it's yes. so great. Right. Yeah. There's no, you know, there's no Gantt chart for that. You know? <laughs> I know. Absolutely. All right. Um, I promise that I would make sure that I'm sharing a couple more things here. So you have a guide and it is a free gift. It's gather your story guide. Um, and I know, again, we'll put the links in, in the show notes, but Cravata Media uh, group.com is where they can find you and they can find your guide. But tell me about the gather your story guide and um, why did you create it? Because I, I, I created that when I started doing the, um, the mixtape reels, because I realized that what people were sending me they would just send me a bunch of stuff in Dropbox or, or Google Drive to like start pulling their stories together. They had no idea what they were sending me. They yeah. didn't know. I knew that they didn't know what was in there because I saw the questionnaires that they answered, you know, when I when they signed on as a client. And there was such a disconnect between what they said they wanted and what they already had. So I was like, okay, I'm going to just write down the process that I go through when I go through this for a client. And what I did, I never do checklists because I don't think any of this, it's more of a framework than a checklist, but I put a checklist in there of all the places to look for where your story is hiding and gathering digital dust, <laughs> Yeah. But it's there. We all have this. And if you've done anything for any period of time, you've got this trail of content that is just sitting there waiting to be used. It's like the lost toys in Toy Story movie, you know, the ones that are neglected on the shelf in the corner. Right. right. So sad. <laughs> right. It is. It is. And, yeah, it is. Yeah. And it's just something to get you thinking about, you know, what do I have? I love it. I love it. I can't wait for everyone. To, okay. So there's so much that they're all going to need to do. Listen to this uh, episode over and over on repeat until they <laughs> capture everything because you do uh, like you just drop bombs in all sorts of nuggets throughout all, every time we're in a conversation, I'm like, hold on, where's my pen? I gotta write that down. Um, so that, a lot of that happened today. Um, and also uh, 50 over 50. It's so exciting that you have that. Um, they can find out more about that uh, as yeah. well on mm -hmm. uh, your site, which is fantastic. Um, and you spend a lot of your time on LinkedIn, more so than Twitter, 
right? So that's where yeah. they're going to be. Yeah, I've kind of moved moved myself over to LinkedIn. It's LinkedIn and Instagram pretty much. Um, okay. Yeah, um, I've been making some really nice connections there. And um, if you're interested in AI at all, there are people on LinkedIn that are just sharing incredible content. And, you know, there's only a handful of people that are experts in, in AI. Everybody yeah. else is just figuring it out, including me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, good. This is awesome. Donna, it's always amazing to have time with you. And thank you for taking time out for doing this. Um, I'm excited for this chapter for you. Me too. Me yeah, too. Thank you. thank you for being thank here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Okay, everyone, I'm going to wrap up this episode. And thank you all for listening. Uh, if you're not already a subscriber, subscribe. And also, if you are at all interested in learning how you can create consistent recurring revenue with your signature offer in your business, I would love to be able to help you do that. Head on over to geniespyro.com and let's connect to see how you can start making more consistent revenue in your business. So thanks again for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Midlife CEO Podcast. If you like what you heard, Please subscribe and give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.